Blau und weiß sein, lieben lang. Hallo Leute, willkommen zum einzigen Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Welcome to episode 138 of Shock America. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me as always, co-host Jack Mangan. Jack, how you doing, my friend? Doing all right, sir. Uh, apparently, our absence uh, has coincided with quite a bit of a dip uh, in form for the team. So maybe we can make sure we're back on our regular podcasting schedule and uh, wasn't our the fault. We're back on track, but yeah. <laughs> How are you, sir? Uh, other than Schalke, I'm doing well. All right, uh, the weather's been okay here, and uh, can't complain outside, like I said, of Schalke. But uh, the club, uh, we're not celebrating Victory Monday. Uh, it's been a while since we've had a victory. It seems like. Um, luckily, the international break is here, but uh, yeah, we've been uh, struggling as of late. And I think it all culminated with uh, with this game against Darmstadt. But yeah, while we were gone, um, we lost the DFB Pokal match to 1860 Munich. Yes, third tier 1860, uh, and then we followed that with another with a loss in the league, and then obviously this Sunday we lose again. So it's not been the kindest of the last couple of weeks for us, has it? No, it hasn't. You know, we talked uh, on the on the previous podcast a couple of weeks ago about how difficult of a run of fixtures this was going to be uh, for us. You know, the the Tuesday game, the Friday game, uh, and and then another one here before the international break, and uh, went about as bad as it could possibly have gone. Um, I mean, not necessarily by the scoreline in all of those matches, but uh, yeah, picking up no points from those. Obviously, losing the DFB Pokal, um, which is unfortunate obviously for the result itself and also the financial implications of the result it would have been nice if we had made a little bit of a run would have uh, helped us out a little bit maybe in terms of uh, what we could accomplish in january in the transfer market uh kind of bolster the coffers a little bit uh, but that is not to be either so um kind of now yeah going into the international break uh slightly adrift um you know the chorus Uh, of people criticizing Gramatzis and, and his position at the helm of the club is is kind of had a resurgence, obviously, in recent weeks. Uh, it's easy for those kind of things to quiet down uh, when the results are there. But even when the results were there, um, I think people were very um, critical of what was happening in certain yeah. phases of the game for us. I know certainly we were despite the results and uh you know once things start sliding a little bit you know the anxiety's there because it's been kind of beaten into us as a fan base over the past couple of years right yeah no it certainly has and uh, uh our good friend of the show marie we made a nice comment about how uh, we're specifically pinpointing point, people who are fans of 2019 to 2021 with all that's going on but uh yeah shout out, shout out marie's bundesliga minutes by the way you should oh be yeah watching slash listening to that if you haven't um obviously marie the most capped guest on the Shalk America podcast for very good reason. She's smarter and better than we are, so go listen to her stuff too. 100%. 100% back that right there. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into the game real quick. Um, since we just have to, let's wrap this up. Lineups in this one, uh, we were the home crowd. Didn't feel like it in this one, but uh, well, the crowd felt great. Uh, the team didn't really necessarily feel like a good home team, but Frazzle and goal, uh, back three of Tiao, Itakura, Kaminsky. Uh, midfield of Iden back on the right on the right side. Um, Latza, 
I'm looking at the Google thing, and it's all screwed up. And it always is. Uh, lots of Drexler and Paulson in the middle with Oweyan on the left, and obviously Bolter Toroto up top. Uh, thoughts when you when you saw this lineup, um, especially with the insertion of Latza and Paulson in there together, and then return of Iden. Yeah, nice to see Iden back, just because he had been. Um... I think the best version of that position that we had all season in the system. Yeah. Uh, maybe didn't start off that way initially, but once he kind of started getting some looks, I think really staked a claim to it. Unfortunately, not not the best game from him in this one. Certainly not the worst person on the pitch, but I think gave away possession a lot. Um, not the tidiest match uh, from the youngster there, but um, got a call up to the uh, the German setup. Uh, the U setup, I believe, so good for him. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, but the big news, I think, for a lot of people was Donny Latza in the lineup, despite uh, not being fully fit, something that Gramatis himself attested to in the post-game press conference. I think he was said something on the lines of, like, you know, if, if even if he's not 100% fit, if he can give a, if our captain can give us 60 or 70 minutes, like, he's going to play, which I thought was a slightly interesting statement for him to make and just kind of being like if he's capable of playing he's playing for us and i feel like yeah i mean you certainly brought him in probably to be in something like that position but he hasn't earned it this season based on any of his play on the field obviously largely available to injury so it's not entirely his fault in terms of like you know poor performances or something but um but a strange decision to just be like yeah he's a guaranteed starter when healthy is going to get a large minute share when healthy um because you've seen guys like salazar kind of come on over the course of the season, and that's that's got to be demoralizing to some of those other guys, Drexler, Zalazar, who have kind of like been fighting for those midfield positions to have this guy just kind of like waltz back in, um, and then uh, you know, get defended. So interesting, I thought that was the big eyebrow raise. Everything else is pretty standard. We've seen a lot of these guys in these positions. What'd you make of everything? Uh, shout out to Zuli Fernandez in the chat. Uh, yeah, I know I, I had the same uh, thoughts that you did. Uh, Salazar has been. Coming on really as of late, you know, and we thought that he's been one of the better midfielders and really pl- players overall, most consistent as of late and not getting to start in this one for whatever reason. Um, I understand the sentiment about uh, Latza, but we talked about like, would they play Latza and Paulson together? They're very similar players, though, uh, you know, you could probably argue that Latza could be pushed up forward a little bit. And that's how we saw it in this one. But, you know, um, looking at the overall lineup going into the game, I thought this was fine. I was happy to see Latza, obviously, especially I then. Um, uh, you know, post match now you can look at it 2020 and lots of arguably one of the worst players on the pitch and Malik Tiao as well. We'll get to both of those. Um, but yeah, you know, I wasn't too disturbed really, but uh, my bigger concern was the Darmstadt lineup, which I thought what had um, some playmakers on it. Obviously, two goal scorers, Teets and Pfeiffer, who you have to worry about because they were just behind Toroda in the goal scoring charts. Um, so looking at their lineup. Uh, in was in goal. He had a pretty good game, actually. Uh, back four of Bader, Pfeiffer, brother, I, I assume it's a brother of uh, the striker, uh, Isherwood and Holland, midfield of Manu, uh, Gyasu, Kempe, and Honsak. Honsak was really good in this game. Uh, Tietz and Pfeiffer, both of them were excellent in the game as well. So, going into the game and, and, and on the watch along, I kept preaching along that watch these two strikers and watch a couple of these guys in the midfields who are playmakers. I was, I was. He, uh, zoning in on Gyatsulu, but you know, Honsak is a very good player as he showed in this game. But Tietz and Pfeiffer really are the ones who are the cream of the crop of this team. And if we could at least focus in on those guys and stop them, we'd be have a we had a better chance of succeeding. Clearly, none of those none of the guys on the pitch got the memo that we were looking at. Um, 
I mean, they had to know those guys were around. And what we noticed in some of the weaknesses we've seen all season long with the team is that direct play has been uh, been very successful against us. And usually when they go over the top, over our defenders, it's been very successful. And we found this a lot during this game. Darmstadt continually going over through it. And a lot of cross-pitch plays, too. Um, we just didn't seem to have it defensively in this one. We had been playing up to the pre- pre- you know, previous three games. We were playing very well defensively. Lots of shutouts. But the last three games, we've started to show some glaring weaknesses again, hasn't, haven't we? Yeah, and I mean, we knew that this was a Darmstadt team that had goals in them beforehand. I mean, Schroeder even talked about it, I think, in, in you know some comments before, before the match. I think Teets had had maybe... I think he had like two other away braces this season already. Um, so it already kind of, you know, flex those goals scoring chops um, yeah. in hostile territory uh, earlier. So, I mean, yeah, not something that I think would have caught us by surprise, but was going to be an interesting test, especially because that back line after being very shaky through maybe the first three, four matches of the season kind of quieted down a little bit. And then we had a number of clean sheets, which was, you know, such a rarity for us over the past couple of seasons. And, um, you know, it felt like we had a, a decent foundation that we were kind of building from. It was just really yeah. kind of like our ball progression at times and chance creation in the final third that was causing us problems. Uh, and this uh, very much undone here, as you said, a lot of direct play from Darmstadt, uh, very quick on the counter, which, yeah. seemed, which seemed to catch us out a lot. Um, also, I think uh, they did a good job exploiting with runs in behind our wingbacks. Yes, um, yes. Because, you know, the system is very dependent on the likes of, you know, Iden and Oweyan for, for ball progression because we, we can't build through the midfield. Like, we struggle with that all season. So it's really just like, you know, fling it to one of those guys down the wing, get a cross in, something like that, except for, you know, the the, the rare plays where Zalatar just kind of does something funky and just kind of runs around, <laughs> uh, you know. But, like, and so I think they exploited that really well also. And I'm surprised we haven't seen more teams kind of attack that, like, you know, have that guy lunge in behind one of those wingbacks immediately and play him through kind of diagonally on the counter too. So, um, yeah, some worrying stuff there. I, I, I feel like, I mean, obviously like once again, we, we knew that the threat was there, but, um, to see it realized to the extent that it was, was uh, a bit concerning. And then obviously a lot of the same issues that we've seen all season anyway, um, in other yeah. phases of the game. Yeah. Rearing its ugly head in this one, right? Uh, before we get to the goals, uh, Zuli Fernandez says uh, his uncle's from Germany and is a fan of Schalke. Could you mind sending him a greeting? Well, look out uh, to Zuli's uncle. Uh, I hope uh, if, if he gets to watch us or listen to us, you know, definitely give him a shout out. I'm curious where he lives in Germany. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll take all the fans we can get. We're absolutely happy. Uh, we're obviously all fans of Schalke and Fear. So, uh, but back to the misery of the game. Uh, let's look at the goal. So the game started out fairly well for us. Uh, Pfeiffer got the actually first goal, the own goal. It was the the, the defender. Uh, off a corner kick, obviously Oyan is the one doing a set piece, and uh, we thought it was going to be a goal by one of our teammates, but um, own goal, we'll take it, right? Uh, eight minutes in, great way to start, Jack, but uh, didn't take long. Um, a mistake, and I think it was by Lotza, uh, ended up going to Philip Tietz, and he got a nice goal uh, to make it 1-1 just three minutes after. I mean, 11 minutes in, we already got two goals in there. Um, started out well, but immediately answered by Darmstadt. Yeah, you know, Thomas Obeyan so good um, in set-piece ball delivery that even when he doesn't have a teammate open, he can, uh, you know, knock it in off of an opponent, which is good to see. That's greatness. Uh, yeah, I mean, the guy's just phenomenal. What can you say? Uh, yeah, fortunate start, but, you know, a lively start to the game. Had, a, you know, some some nice attacking moves in the final third very early into this one. Um, I, I think, was that first goal? Is that the one that came up the long ball? 
that was kind of like flicked on header backwards. Then, you know, a very direct ball played in. That was the one that had like the shout of offside. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah, like, and actually, yeah. I mean, if you looked at the, the replay, uh, it looked like his foot was off at least. Um, if not part stretch. of his, it, yeah. I mean, there was, they should, I mean, if you, tr- if you trust the line that's on the screen, right. Um, True. True. the official was clearly not convinced by that. Um, yeah. The, the, the individual who looks like a mixture between like an aspiring rockabilly artist and the villain from lazy town. Um, yes. <laughs> like if Robbie rotten played yeah. guitar anyway, um, he did not, he did not seem to think that, that was offside anyway, but um, yeah, once again, that's very direct play. As you said, like a quick, quick long ball, then, you know, a quick through ball off of that. Uh, Itakura kind of gets caught out a little bit. Um, I think both him and Oweyan are, are too busy kind of calling for offsides than to really track back as quickly as they might have. But um, nice play uh, from uh, Pfeiffer headed the ball right to Teets, right? Yeah, I, yeah. no, no. I, I think it was a flicked on, and there was a, there was actually oh, a wrong right. pass. I think, yeah, right. I think it might have been um, Braden Manu who had that. Mm. I I could be incorrect, whatever. Um, but yeah, not, not, I mean, a nice cutback in the box and a really nice finish to the corner. And that's the one thing you got to give yeah. Darmstadt credit. I mean, not the one thing you got to give credit for. They deserve credit in a lot of areas, but um, some really tidy finishing at times. Uh, I mean, they they really found the, the the bottom corner pretty convincingly. And, you know, on some of these opportunities, they, they were very ruthless with them. So, uh, yeah, disappointing to have lost that sort of cheaply gained early momentum as quickly as we did. Dirk, I see your comment in the chat. We will get to that very shortly, believe me. Um, so, yeah, that was a, a lively start to the game. Two goals in the first 11 minutes. And then uh, they would add to our misery. Honsak, after a nice, beautiful counter that Honsak did really well to get past, I think, Malik Tiao. Uh, and then nice chip over the keeper or past Frazzle. I don't think Frazzle was at fault for either of the goals, at least the first two. Uh, two, no, two to one. Uh, nice goal, again, like I said, by Honsak. Um Lively start to the game, but unfortunately, when it's a game that where it's a shootout type, uh, we're never going to be in the uh, in the in the advantage. And uh, again, Darmstadt caught us sleeping or or caught us through our weakness. Yeah, and and, yeah, listen, it, one the one of the things that one of the things we always say on this podcast is like when, when somebody scores a really nice goal, like you give credit where credit is due, you kind of tip the cap. And half of me is kind of like that on this one because um, nice moves. I mean, Hansa, his first touch is, is is a first touch that Megs Malik Chow. Yeah. And he just blows right past him, takes yeah. a touch to kind of like slightly change direction and avoid, I think, the slide tackle of of, yeah. of Paulson um coming in and then is able to get to it and, and tap it into the corner before either Frazel or um Itakura can get there as well. So I mean, like very, very t- like brilliant piece of you know economy of, of touches and everything from him to score that goal. But at the same time, like when that pass is played, there's like six Schalke players behind the ball. And and Hansik is the only guy in that mix. And he somehow gets through like four of them and the goalkeeper and scores. And so you're just wondering like how they're that slow to react to some of that danger. Yeah. And once again, really nice first touch and everything. But um, I mean, you have such a numerical advantage in that situation. And that was disappointing to see. And and some of these like turnovers into quick, quick counters like were a problem all day long for us. All day long, uh, and we were really lucky that it was only two to one going into halftime. Um, they would compound the misery. Teets once again in the 63rd made it three to one. Uh, looks like it was just going to be blowout of a game. Uh, Marvin Perringer would come on late, get a goal. 88th gave us some hope because we were actually starting to play well at that point. Because really, really, at that point, they were up at two goals. They were just sitting back and like Darren Shaka come at them, and Shaka started playing a little bit better at the end. Perringer got the goal in the 88th minute. It looks like maybe there's a glimmer we can come back in this. 
and immediately uh, Benjamin Golair, someone we all know very well, uh, scored a goal just a minute after uh, Beringer's makes it four to two, puts us out of our misery. Um, not the greatest of results at all. Yeah, I know Darmstadt's a good team, but we, sh- you know, if we have aspirations to get back into Bundesliga, we cannot have games like this. I don't care if Darmstadt has two 10 goal scorers. Uh, I think Perringer might, I mean, um, Teets may have 11 now, but it, it, that's not the point. The point is that we should play a lot better defensively. Giving up four goals in the Svita Liga is unacceptable. I mean, of course, Benjamin Goller scored. Of course he did, because everyone that I mean, everyone scores against us. All of our former players this happens all the time. Yeah. Like in the second, the second he was subbed on, like once Goal. again, everyone's like, "Here it comes." Like, um, and by the way, Gala was a player I actually kind of like liked a little bit when yeah. we had him, I and mean, maybe maybe below the level for sure. But I mean, like, I actually uh, wish we had seen more of him at the time. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's not much to say. Anytime you concede four goals, it's it's not a good day at the office for you. Um, and once again, just just the. Uh, the directness and, and sort of the efficiency, the economy um, of some of these moves by Darmstadt um, really, really gave us fits. Uh, there was a lot, you know, ball turns over. It's like two quick passes. Sometimes um, people, you know, immediately making those runs and uh, really nice finishing on the end of it. Um, I mean, I think, I think we still had like maybe five more shots than they did in this game, despite our issues building, like we had more shots than they did and they just, and they yeah. scored. And most of that came in the second against, half you know? too, I think. Yeah, second half was much better than the first half for sure. Um, also had you know that disallowed Malik Chow goal. Um, so it's I mean the, 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 there was some fight there uh, in the the Piringer goal as well. Um, but yeah, not not a good day at the office, and uh, it, unfortunately it comes on the heel of a couple other results as well, which is going to increase the pressure going into this break where everyone has a lot of time to breathe and think about things. Right in the international break, it's not the timing that I think Gramatis would have wanted there. Yeah, yeah. And Dirk's asking, uh, do we think Fairman would have saved any of these goals? No, I don't. I actually, actually honestly don't think Frazzle is at fault for any of these goals. I thought the defense is absolutely at fault and some of the turnovers. Um, you know, some of the substitutions, the players that came into the game, I liked, right? You got to see Salif Sane finally, uh, Peringer, who scored the goal, Salazar and Sherlinoff. But the players that they kind of substituted for, like Latza, which should have been the first one, came off. He was one of the worst players on the pitch. Tiao, he's a defender. They kind of took off uh, Itakura instead of Tiao, which didn't make sense to me. Um, they took off Bulter, which didn't make sense to me either. I'm like, if you're trying to score goals, why don't you just have keep your, your strikers out there? Yeah, he was quiet, but who wasn't quiet for Schalke? Um, so the, the players that came in, I agree with, but some of the substitutions I just didn't agree with, didn't jive with me. Um I agree with Dirk. He says that the passing by Darmstadt was very good, made our team look like pylons. Yeah, their movement was good. If you watch, if you're watching them when off the ball, they're moving a lot around. Uh, the playmakers showed up for them: Gyasulu, Honsa, obviously uh, Tietz and Pfeiffer. They're they're really good. Manu was good until he got substituted out. Campe wasn't uh, bad in the midfield either for that. Campe was good as well. He was fine. And their defenders shut down Toroda and Bolter. I mean, Toroda had a couple opportunities that he probably should have finished, but. Uh, they did a good job, and and Schuin had some pretty good saves. Yeah, as some well. nice saves from the keeper. I mean, I know he, he had that one. I think that fell to uh, Torada, where he kind of like yeah. fired that from the left hand side of the box and made a pretty good save. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, ultimately, I mean, Torada Torada looked decent when he got yeah involved, but he just, I mean, on an island the entire match, couldn't get the ball to him. Um, and as it has been for much of the season, it was you know Oweon and Hope is holding yeah. things together. It's just like, get the yeah. ball to him, see if he can whip it across. Like, you know, it's just that there's not, there doesn't seem, there don't seem a lot to be of like a lot of coherent sets in the buildup. Um, a lot of, you know, repeatable patterns and, and things that we're trying. I mean, it, it's, there's like one or two of them that you see. 
Um, yeah. and it's way too static beyond that. And it's yeah, like I said, it, all the all of the buildup is is down is down the sides, and we need to find a way to create some more variation to that. And I think this brings us to the segue where we were mostly want to talk about today, and that's the coaching aspect. Um, what we've known all season long, yes, we've gotten better defensively, but offensively, do we just have not had it? Most of the time, it's Oyan or someone on the right hand side giving it to Toronto or Bolter, and they figure out a way to score a goal. That's been really our play. Um, and now teams are figuring out that if you stop Toronto, you're going to stop the goals for the most part. And that's worked the last three games. And we've seen lack of ideas trying to go forward. You know, we guess we have all this possession, which is nice statistically, but we're doing nothing with the possession. We're just passing the ball to the midfield. We got pressure. We pass it back only back to the Frazzle and back yep. and forth. What do we do offensively? There's no runs. Everyone's fairly static. Um, and you imagine, well, most of this has to go to, well, yes, the players are on the pitch, but the coaching aspect is like you guys have to direct them to to make the runs, be be mobile out there, not just be stagnant and hope that Turtle's going to score a goal every time, which he hasn't scored in three, four games now. So uh, the coaching is lacking at the moment, and now the place in the table doesn't help his cause. I mean, yeah, the, the most dangerous areas for us going forward, um, I think all season have been either set pieces with the delivery of guys like Thomas Oyan or in transition where, where things are a little bit more chaotic and people are sometimes out of position and sort of the natural chemistry and creativity. These guys can kind of come to the forefront um, when we're actually in sort of like our, our, our buildup shape. Um, it's clearly a team that just needs some ideas that, that they're not getting from it appears that they're not getting them from, from the coach. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's been too much of the same thing for a while. And uh, I think we're definitely at the point of the season now where Gramatis has had plenty of time with this group. Like, you know, we said at the start of the season, like it's an entirely new squad. We cleaned house. So it's not even that he has that much continuity from, you know, his tenure at the end of last season prior to relegation. Like there's a lot of new people in the squad. So like, we'll give him a bit, but like, we're well into the season now and you know, the, the things same that have been a problem. Yeah. The things that have been a problem from, from, from the beginning are still kind of a problem. And it's not like we're playing horribly. Like we're, we're still, you know, fairly high up the table. We're getting, we're getting yeah. results for the most part, but like there's not a whole lot of, uh, there's not a lot of signs that, that, that the major deficiencies are being addressed or look likely to be fixed anytime in the near future. And, and you're, yeah, right. you're beginning to see what happens when, when the tyrannicals, um, you know, kind of dry up. I mean, he was scoring consistently at the beginning of the season, and that's great. But now, you know, a couple where he's gone south, I think he's like over 400 minutes now without a goal or something like that. And at times, people have, you know, been able to step up around him and support him. But when that doesn't happen, it's 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 not pretty to look at, um, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think losing games like this are, are, are things that are really going. And obviously, I mean, like, you know, the, the, the loss of these people, Cal, like, these are games where. That I think the supporter base is like getting a little impatient because um, promotion is very important and that's what everyone's going for. And that's kind of the stated goal of the club. And you can't have too many of these things. You have to, you have to really be on it all season long. Yeah. And what I'll say about the cup match was it did feel like a cup match. It was a very intense matchup. I think 1860 and Shaka played very tight. It was a really good entertaining game. Unfortunately, we came on the short end of that, but uh, yeah, you know, we, we are now at a point that, uh, <laughs> Dirk says the curse of the 154th goal. Yeah, it seems like it, right? Gripping in the tight stick. Um, but no, it's we should be at a point where we're creating more offensively. Yeah, no, this game is a blip in the radar where they score four goals. We this is we haven't led that many goals in a long time. Uh probably against Regensburg was the last time, but um 
it all came to fruition this game everything this is a culmination of everything we're still not creating more offensively we're like you said we're relying too much on certain people to score goals for us or set up set plays for us um and then we're lack of lack of creativity overall um it'd be nice to have a guy like i mean Harit in these these situations right or even sherlon off to see a little bit more of but uh nothing is working out and we're not going to put all the the onus on the on the forwards, right? Bolter, Tarota, or even Oyan and I. Then it's the midfielders have to create something as well. Drexler's been working his ass off. He was probably the best one of the midfield in the game, but no one else around him was doing well. Paulson was very quiet. Um, lots, of, I said again, had a poor game. Lots of players forcing passes that they should, probably shouldn't have. Tiao was one of the one of the big ones of that, um, but it wasn't just him. It was it was the whole team really. I then had made a lot of mistakes as well. Um, so yeah, it was just a, it was a poor effort. And what we said was. If we go into the winter pausa fighting for you know top three, top two, top three spots, and we're not playing well, that's fine. At least that's where we want to be, and we can eventually get hot. But if we're on mid-table, that's when the questions start coming in for Gramotzis. And you know, with these last three games, or at least two in the league, we are now sitting in fifth place, um, one point above Nuremberg and six. And really, if you're looking back down to tenth place, eh, we got a five-point cushion, but it's it's not it's not it's too close for comfort, honestly. Uh, Darmstadt leapfrogged us. Paderborn's ahead of us again. Uh, Mikel is having a great season. Uh, he's he's got more goals in Toronto now, I think. And then Regensburg and St. Pauli round at the top. Um, we're starting to dip down here, and with these lack of performances, the question comes: Is Gramozzi's the right guy? And you know, Dirk's yeah. question says, "Time for a new coach or just a dip in the road?" And I think, I think it's a dip in the road, but we have we've seen enough of sample size where. We would expect, and like you mentioned, whole crop of new players. We should have a different results. And we're really not offensively. So there's a lack of something in that final third. It has to come down to the coach. We try not to be that pull, pull the trigger and get a new coach right away, but we're getting awfully close as we're starting to slip down the table. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like when you're when yeah when the attack is a problem you can take the approach that Schroeder's kind of taking the media and saying like yeah you know everyone knows that we're looking for attackers to bring in in January, but you know, I think you and I have been of the opinion that are, that are no one's against that. I mean, we, we were somewhat skeptical at letting hoppy go. Right. But like, so we wouldn't be against bolstering the depth for sure. And maybe actually bring out something that can start and actually contribute. But um, I, I think you and I have liked the squad all season and like what shorter has done there. And at some point it's like, maybe it's the coach you need to be looking for and not, you know, some additional, um, attacking players. So, short, you know, shorter came out after the game, and and one of the first things he said was like the coaching position isn't being examined. Um, I'm not sure I believe that. Honestly, I, 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 people have been pointing to the fact that Schroeder has a history of like not doing well with like you know picking the manager that kind of a thing. That's what's being said, right? Mines, right? Mines. They get bringing up sure. mines. I, I mean, you know, and maybe that's true. Maybe he's not looking at the coaching position. I feel like Schroeder's been very competent. Um, yeah. basically since he came in from a squad building standpoint, and there's been things earlier in the season where it looked like he was kind of being critical of the coach and was, and was putting the pressure on. So the fact that, you know, now he's saying that, like, I feel like that might be just more like lip service to the media to like, yeah, try to not make it a story heading into the international break. than yeah. it actually may be in truth what's happening behind closed doors. There's no way for us to know that, but, um, I would be surprised if there aren't talks. The question I think is, the financial situation we're in, 
What can we afford in terms of like bringing a coach on for the books? I mean, like, can we pay two salaries? These kinds of things. I mean, like that, that becomes a problem. It becomes an actual like impediment to change to some extent. So maybe that was part of the motivation for kind of sticking with this guy and being like, well, maybe he can be the guy to get promotion. And, you know, I think, we've given him a fair run and I'm not saying we need to pull the plug this second, but um, yeah, I do think we need to be considering alternatives. And if we're still kind of in like, I don't know, sixth, seventh place, uh, you know, in December, I yeah. feel like there probably has to be a coaching change because that's not good enough for what this club needs for, you know, and we, we've talked about how important promotion is to our financial viability. Yeah. And someone during the watch along asked me, you know, what are the options and the options are like, you know, Dirk says slim pickings at the moment, especially one for the money. And then two, who wants to be, you know, who's to come with Shaka? Who's and who's available? Uh, obviously the name that looms over all of us. Is, is it Tedesco time? Is it Tedesco time? It could That's be. And he might take a pay cut to come back to Shaka. He's talking no, about his won't. love for Shaka, but yeah, he probably wouldn't. Um, but who else is out I there? Would be sh- I would be shocked if he came back to the club that fired him in the second division for like not a lot of money. That would be wild stuff for a team that he was only had, like two, he two years. guarantees that if I brought him back to the Bundesliga, I'd get a huge raise or something, you know, something crazy. Uh, but you know, who's available that we can afford? Ronyak's name is way out. First, you can't afford him. Two, Schroeder, I think, deserves a position. I think he's been assigning the season. He's been like you, like you said, very competent. And I, and I think what he's been saying. I agree with you that it's it's more for the for the media saying, "Hey, look, we're all good. I'm not thinking about it." But he's got to be thinking about it. He's probably like, "Where the hell am I going to find somebody else if I if I were to go pull the sugar?" That's probably what he's looking for. Uh, so, yeah, I I think though I you know if the trend continues the way it is and we go this way for the next month or so, it has to be unequivocally time for a new manager. Um, but you know, if we if we rally here after an international break, we find some way to be competent offensively and start scoring goals. And Toro, I think I really do think if Toro gets a goal to finally break that record, he's going to start scoring in bunches again. But what happens if he doesn't? But I mean, but also look look at the fixtures coming up after the international break. St. Pauli, Bremen, Bremen, right? Top ten Bremen side. Then St. Pauli, Nuremberg. I mean, on yeah, 10. and Nuremberg, like three top ten teams. St. Pauli, of course, leading the league with our yeah. boy Bergstaller. Gonna I mean, you know, <laughs> he's not doing Bergstaller things. I hope he's offside like five times against us. That would make me really happy. Oh. Um, but I mean, yeah, this is not uh, a kind fixture list coming out of the international break. These are not going to be easy games for us. No. And so, you know, if we play kind of the way we have the past couple weeks, that pressure on Gramatis could could reach a fever pitch very quickly. Um, and it just kind of speaks to the nature of, you know, football in general. I mean, like fans are very fickle and everything, but I think the, the thing that I'm trying to drive home and you are as well is even during, you know, some of the streaks of wins that we've had early in the season, we've still pointed out the underlying issues in the team and those haven't been resolved. Like, so like a lot of our enthusiasm is still tempered by like, yeah, you know, there's still issues though. And like, we'd like to see those kind of, and then, you know, once, once the winds dry up, that kind of throws them into sharp relief a little bit and you start focusing on them a little bit more and, yeah, uh, like like we said, Gramatzis has had a decent amount of time with the team now, and uh, I think it's kind of up to him at this point. He needs to come out of the international break firing, get the team back on track, and uh, you know make the decision on for Schroeder as difficult as possible heading into the winter break. Like, listen, hey, we're on a good run of form. We're still in, you know within shout of the promotion places. Like, do you really want to upset the apple cart at this point? Yeah. And if Gramatzis can do that, you know maybe buys himself his time. But if if it's you know mixed results before Christmas. I'm not sure he's long for this position, uh, especially because the fans are probably going to just get more and more vocal about it. Um, And they're back in the stadium now, so you're going to hear it as well. 
which is yeah. like, you know, they had to basically like sneak attack people in the parking lot last <laughs> season to like get their opinion heard, right? I mean, like not condoning that, of course. And I no. should really that, but like no. they're in the stadium now. Like you're gonna hear the Nord curve and like yeah. what they think of the performances, right? Who have been amazing since they've returned, by the way. For sure. Um, but yeah, you know, if they if nothing else, they can you know work on offensive plans and, and during the international break because that's been their major weakness that we've talked about for numerous weeks now. Um, and yeah, they have some other issues all the way around, but again, if if the results don't inc- you know improve, he's going to be gone, and and I'm not going to be be sorry about it because you know the main goal, as we've all thought, especially from the the leadership, have told us, is that it's back to the Bundesliga or bust, but pretty much with all the eggs that Schroeder put in there, you'd imagine that's what their goal is, and you know being down in seventh or worse come around the winter pauses is going to be unacceptable, and you know that. But the question again, who's going to be who's going to be available? Williams says that uh, nobody is longer here. That Tedesco would fired him, so you know he can start with a clean slate. Just take a take a pay cut and then add bonuses. You know, hey, if Tedesco time is back, we got to have Ethan back. We'll Tedesco that, becomes the new Raniak and then like ends up like becoming like this massive figure of the club. Maybe, maybe. But yeah, I forget the football he was playing was terrible before we. I mean, it like was, it was. Yeah, it was not good. No. It was improved in, in Russia, but still, yes. Yeah, no, did great. You think he finished second, right? I mean, like, listen, yeah. we, we love Tedesco yeah. as a personality. Like, yeah. his, the football of that second season was not great at yeah. times. No. He understands the fans, but, you know, you also got to perform on the pitch. And, unfortunately, they didn't do that during his time here, um, especially that, that second season. The first season, obviously, was fantastic. But, not yeah. Not you would rate him higher than Gramazza's, because you would, of course. Not, I mean, I'm just saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but Gramozis is the is the big one here that he needs to figure something out, and the, all eyes are on him, as you mentioned. You know, it's gonna be this is podcast is about him because he's not get the job done. He's the the main link between last season and this season. The players, most of, like you mentioned, most of the players are are changed. We're still looking the same, better defensively. Granted, we are better defensively, um, but I mean. It- I don't know if I want to be that hard on. I mean, like it is better. I mean, it is palatable to watch. You wake yes. up and you wake up, you know, at six thirty on a match day. And it helps the players and, too, and you're optimistic at least. Like you believe yeah. that there's something in the team. But yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, like this game and, and how easy some of these these concessions were for us definitely kind of gave you the feeling of, of certain performances last year for sure, and also just yeah. kind of the ineptitude and buildup at times, definitely. Yeah, it seems like when we struggle, we struggle mightily. But when we're when we're on or somewhat competent, we look fairly good. And there's, you know, obviously with the Oyan playing the way he does, and and Iden playing with a fantastic goal he had a few weeks ago, it gives you optimism. Uh, but still, it's like when it hits the wall, it hits the wall. <laughs> Dirk says, you know, uh, Tedesco plays similar to Gramozzi. He's very defensive oriented. So unless he's changed his tactics over the years, over the couple of years. Um, it would be much different. So yeah, it's very possible. So um can make an argument for continuity though there. A better coach with better ideas and the same sort of general applicable shape. The pieces are better fit for Tedesco style this team than last. Why are we I mean we, yeah, I don't know. I, we shouldn't even be talking about Tedesco. It's we not shouldn't happen. We it's shouldn't. not realistic. Who is though? That's a question. I don't know. I don't know. I don't we have the international break to find out, I guess. Yeah, but. I mean, listen. Once we get into like who would be available for Schalke in the second division, this is a roster of coaches that I, I mean, I'm just going to be. I'm not going to be familiar with them probably yeah. for the most part. I, my, yeah. my my German soccer knowledge is not to that depth. To their, I mean, not all that it's yeah. going to be a German coach, but you know what I mean. All the ones I'm familiar with are all employed at the moment. So, you know, like Frank Schmidt's one. <laughs> that I'm is a problem. 
It is. It is. No, it is. So maybe get Nogglesman. No, no. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, uh, anything else you want to beat on this dead horse uh, with Gramotis or anything else from the game in the last couple of weeks? No, I'm looking forward to the uh, you know little little palate cleanser here before uh, you know with the international break. Obviously, a big game this Friday for the U.S. men's national team taking on Mexico in Cincinnati. Um, I actually really wanted to go to that because it's not a bad drive for me, and I, then I'll, I'm just too busy this weekend. But um, that'll be great, and then you know hopefully we come out of that uh, out of the break and are able to pick up a couple of nice results because as I said earlier, it's going to get kind of kind of crazy pretty quickly if we get a couple more bad results against some good competition so um i hope this uh this international break on schroeder's point is is used to thoroughly avail evaluate like what options he has and i hope on gramatis's side it's it's used to kind of maybe come up with a couple um additional ideas um so yeah no i agree about that uh difficulties here I don't know. No, I think he said that was him. I think he. I think he hit the mute button on uh, YouTube. Hey, I don't blame him. You know, we talk about hey, don't don't scare us like that, Paul. You can't <laughs> be throwing comments in there like that. Making, yeah, give me a heart attack. We, we already talking, had those, shouting uh, into the void for thirty five minutes, but we already had those technical difficulties during the live stream. You know, it's scary enough as it is. <laughs> uh, hopefully, the football scheduling gods uh, give us a break and no more Friday games. I'm tired of those games. Uh, we can't. Uh, we can't do our live streams during those those events, so uh, yeah. Hopefully, more Saturday games, Sunday games, and hopefully more victories, uh, more victory Mondays. We need some more in this in our lives, I guess. We're so we're so void of it for the last several years. So, all right, cool. Uh, I think we should wrap it up on that note, uh, Jack. Um, yeah, keep tuning in each week as we try to bring you the latest with the Royal Blues. Uh, we'll try to keep you up to date with everything that's going on, whether it's on the pitch or off the pitch. Stay tuned as the Winterpause draws near. Uh, Jack, uh, any shout-outs or where can our followers find you on social media? At JMMangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. Shout-out to NBC4 Nashville. Right on. Uh, yeah, as always, you can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Yes, sir? I should have gone for the meme only. Shout-out Chicago Red Stars. There you uh, go. For their uh, quarterfinal win in the NWSL, NWSL wow, playoffs against Gotham uh, yesterday, also effectively ending Carly Lloyd's career mm. uh, in the process. Um, yeah, shout out to the Red Stars. Shout out to DC United for missing the playoffs once again. Uh, thank you. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, as I mentioned, yeah, we'll catch you all in the next episode. Thank you for all that's been uh, for joining us in the chat tonight. Uh, Dirk, Paul, everyone else, Gluck out for sure. Uh, We'll catch you soon. Enjoy the international break.